recording, my guy. What is going on? David Daniels. Hello, hello, hello. Um, welcome all, um, whoever's tuning in um, into the to the future. Welcome. What is this, episode six? Episode five. Episode five. Five. Yeah. And I'm a bad host. What, what, is the, what is the title of the show? The show is The Chronicles of Lavarnia. The Chronicles of Lavarnia. So yeah. play on your name and Chronicles you know multiple chapters so what uh what what uh what episode is this are we gonna go in a magic oh man scene and smash some alien pussy well i feel like if uh, i feel like if we're gonna be diving into some magic we can talk about you know the magic of uh the the washington dc um like culture i think uh one of the one of the unique things about um our whole like dynamic. The one thing I clicked on with you when I first met you, dude, is uh that you had experience. Like you were like in the throes of like politics in DC, and like I never like picked your brain that like a little bit like here and there. I was like, oh, that's interesting shit. But like knowing that you've been in that circle and you've kind of seen it because I was there for a little bit too. Like to know that you've been there to see it. I'm like, yeah, Didi, Didi, like Didi's got some stories. Like Didi knows some shit. He's been through uh. You know, he's seen seen the the wave of uh, kind of the the change and what happens when DC kind of is like I don't know because you've been here for what four or five years now in the city. No nah, man, only only three, bro. Mm. The kid the kid just got here. I'm, I'm still new, man. Man, I mean, shit, three years. I got dude. great mentors like yourself that you know. I just you know you put me in positions to succeed, so it just you know the highlight reel is just it's just out, it's outstanding because. I've got a MVPs showing me the way, but now nah, just three years, man. So, um, a lot of shit's happened in three years. So it's been a, it's been a crazy experience. And yeah, like you said, um, being in the thick of it from shit first starting up here. Um, damn, I get, I bet you're up far as get a kick out of this. So, you know, starting off with, um, Jeff Sessions doing his confirmation hearing. Oh man, that's uh, how you before, started. Yeah, before I graduated college. Damn. Hey, this is dude, bro. Listen to this. Now that you know me, this all makes sense. Yeah. There, you know, people, you know, just as the Biden administra- administration is ramping up, you know, you got people on their way out. So their Senate office, you know, they're everyone's going to DOJ, White House. His, Sessions chief of staff uh-huh. was Trump's uh, deputy chief of staff, right? One or two. Yeah. Like everything, like people forget everything policy wise, especially like immigration related, came out from like Sessions, like Senate office, like big policy decision makers. And huh. they're like, you've got, um, you've got Rick Dearborn, and then you've got, uh, what's the ugly. Uh, crazy press secretary guy's name, Stephen oh, Miller. You know uh, way better than I do, dude. Stephen Stephen Miller. So you've got you've got you know these people, you know, essentially getting the Trump, the Trump, what Trump is today. You know, getting that off the ground. That's a big job. Um, and, you know, looking back on it, you know, that's a lot. Like, you know, you can't be can't be dumb and and do that. So, you know, everyone was leaving. And literally just being an, uh, you know, being me, you know, at 21, 22 years old as an mm-hmm. intern, 
you know, I'm like, hey, guys, look, when I graduate college, like, y'all are going to hire me because, you know, like, I'm the shit and y'all need me. <laughs> Like, yeah, a, bro. That got post grad swag, like guys, <laughs> you know you need me, so don't. Well, no, bro. So I hadn't even graduated college. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it took me five years to graduate college. Yeah, um, same I, here. It took me a little bit. Yeah, so I I, I took that job and was employed uh, by the United States Senate without graduating yet. I was still in class, like. Oh shit. Yeah, I, yeah. I finished a semester. I finished in the spring semester. Like, I just had to take my capstone class. But yeah, dude. So like, I hadn't even got a degree yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, "Yeah, like we need somebody that can literally just get yelled at all day, like, <laughs> break down, and yeah. like can handle like people like coming into like an office and like smoking weed and like you know <laughs> being you know the things that happen there in confirmation hearings that people see like mm-hmm. you know." There's got to, you know, there's what we call frontliners on the hill. These are the staff assistants, people that sit up front. Mm. Like, they take all that shit. It's like, yo. <laughs> Man. Like, uh, so it's like, you know, I'm like up here excited. Like, get these like super rich, white, uh, liberal, progressive women. Like, you're a racist. Like, you know, what? Like, I'm, what? Just, getting off, I'm just getting off the plane. And, <laughs> you know, like, you know, this is my third what? time to plane. I'm in D.C., I'm like, yeah, like this is gonna be dope. I'm like, well, I'm dude, like, you're from you're from uh, Georgia, right? No, nah, Mobile, Alabama. You're from Alabama. I thought you were from Georgia, dude. No, and you went I to went Mississippi to State, right? Went to school in Mississippi. Spent my summers in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, I I didn't know your draw was so deep. Every time I think I've I've like hung out with you, like we've been like drinking, and I'm like listen to you now. I'm like, oh shit, Didi's got like a straight up draw. I gotta like, I gotta like practice. I can like practice my draw from your shit. I like, yeah. dude, it's 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 like deep, but like, yeah, dude, like, just to give some context, right? Just to give some context. So like, me and Didi are friends through the same like crew. I met him. I think I met you through Justin, um, and we just like. We met- through, uh, yeah, Meredith. Like, oh yeah, yeah, probably yeah. Just like connect the dots. It was just like yeah. you know, friends of friends. And uh, I think like every time we'd go out, we would either like rally at either Bobby's place or Dee's place, and then we would just like kick it. And we, you know, just again like interesting people. Like decent in the list of people that I've met since I've been like in the area, like be back out of college. It, like, I just go like that guy, like Didi's one of those <laughs> guys. That, like, I'm like, uh, th- this one, <laughs> like, so like, yeah, you know what I mean? So just like having, uh, having you on is, is super cool, man. Cause I know like, you're just like, you have a whole different perspective on a lot of shit. Like you're a little bit younger than me. You're a little bit younger than like most of the crew. You like, you were in your career path was like a little bit different. Cause you like went whole hog into politics and then at the same time, like you've got that like SEC like energy like going on, like you've got that uh that other shit like that like fun like Southern shit. I'm like yeah, dude, he's cool, dude, he's cool. Um, so yeah, just like just having you on is pretty dope, man. Um, so yeah, just like I guess for me, like when I was going through um, my like stint on the hill, I was there. It's like a lobbyist, but not as like a not as like a, one of those like cool lobbyists that had a bunch of money. I was one of those a like. Man. A working man's lobby. Uh-huh. You know what's up. So I was there. I was at this uh, nonprofit. It was a uh, men's health network. And um, it was this, like, tiny little office with, like, 12 employees tops. And we would go to, like, different hearings and luncheons and try to, like, spread the knowledge on, like, men's health issues. And it was, like, one of my favorite experiences. But at the same time, like, you're just a grunt. Like, when you're in 
uh, a position where you don't really have any real like influence and you're just kind of like trying to like push things forward. You're just kind of like riding the wave of like, okay, I've got a free lunch at three o'clock. I've got this meeting like earlier in the day. I got to get from here to there. I got to make sure I got all this like laid out and you're just grinding, but I didn't get paid for it. I was just like an unpaid intern out of college. It was just one of those things like took on and like, it was fun, but like could never do it again. And, no and that's another thing that's, that's changed since you've been there. And, mm-hmm. since, and one of the reasons I took my internship uh, originally was Sessions because he paid, but it's like now Congress has a fund through a thing called Pay Our Interns who advocated for this, but they have like money allocated to paying interns. So like no one, like there is money for people to get paid for an internship. Mm-hmm where you're going to be at on the on the the list of distribution of funds you know if you're intern in march they have money but you could be an intern you know in you know may or august and you know the money's the money's not there Mm -hmm. then you know that's a question of like is there we need more money but there's a new fund or there's a new law that makes it mandatory to like where you have to have money to pay interns and interns get paid. So like, yeah, like, yeah, that's way better. Yeah. But even then it's still not, you know, it's DC dude. Like, you know, what's, you know, what's, you know, it's expensive as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Like 1500 bucks a month going to do you when you're staying at GW. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Four thirty six a week to stay there. Oh man. Yeah. There goes your money. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, dude, I appreciate that. You're one of the first black male uh, models I met. So <laughs> that is what struck me about. Get you. out of here, dude. I don't think I led with that. I didn't lead like when I was like, oh, I'm a model, dude. What's up? Like, it's all no, my Instagram. You never did. You never did yeah. Heard, and I was like, yeah, this dude's a fucking model. Yo, come on. Who told <laughs> you that, bro? You gave a great reason why you wanted to hang out with me. I was like, oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> I bet all his friends are models. Like, yeah, you're going to pull in over here. Like, <laughs> <Some wild shit>. <laughs> <laughs> bro i actually funny enough i met um i met another guy who's also a model who's like he's like like full-on like professional does it like full-time and um dude like if you saw like the shit he posts he probably is gonna like listen to the show like if he if he hasn't already like if if you see the shit he posts like he's one of the coolest dudes i've met like super cool dude but like just gets invited to these like huge parties goes to usc events all the time like just like with baddies all the time, like just doing it, you know, living life. I'm like, dude, I see you, dude. Do your thing, homie. It's yeah, just, it's dude, nice, man. Like when I met you, that's what I thought you were gonna do for me. Oh uh, no, nah. I'm quiet. <laughs> I'm quiet. I'm real. I'm real reserved with my with my swag, dude. I like. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a, it's a grown man's swag, mm-hmm. as, as some ladies in the streets would say. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Not too out there. I'll get there though. Like I don't know. I didn't invite you. Did I, did I invite you to my birthday? Last year, or no. Was that not a thing? They all get mixed up. I've been the, I've been the one, I've been the one or two of them. Yeah, yeah. No, it was Laboom. Yeah, I think I might have tried oh, to get no, you no, to no. go. That was one, like, one like where y'all like lose your phones and like they have like strippers. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy like, shit. Yeah. yeah no, no, I've, I've watched too many Quentin Tarantino movies. Participate in that? Nah, yeah, I heard that was wild. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. It was a good time. No strippers though, although that would have been a good time. If there were like no like yeah. official strippers, I should say. No like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. I would have been dope though, um, dude. Did you go to Mississippi State or did you go to where'd yep. you go? 
Yeah. And the, the other one, the other one is, we don't talk about the other one. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Um, yeah, you were there. Uh, who was your quarterback back in the day? Dak Prescott. That was Dak, right? Because Manziel went to um, A&M. So he was he did, but, but they have the same colors and they're the same school, so it's easy to mistake them because they're pretty much the same. One's just in Texas, one's just in Mississippi. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys are the Klanga, right? Klanga, Klanga? Is that you guys? Cowbells, Cowbells is our um, – that's kind of like our, our thing we use at our games. Yeah. So we're – for the Bulldogs, um, but yeah, we're known for the for the cowbells, mm-hmm. and it's it's an experience quite like uh, you'll never experience. Just thirty thousand cowbells just ringing. You're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but it's absurd. It's Watching absurd. on TV is like I'm just like watch like are these are they seriously just gonna like make each other go deaf every week? Like yeah, okay. Dude, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get to Mississippi State. They had it on TV. And they showed the stands, and I was like, "Yeah, there's a shit ton of black people in those stands." So <laughs> like, I'm going to Mississippi State because you know, like they showed an Alabama Auburn game. It's like it's like frat dudes, yeah, America, uh, like MAGA. Yeah. Um, like so, I see Mississippi State. I'm like, "Yeah, like it's a lot of fucking black people here." Like we can do it. Right. We can go. Like, I'm like, if they're on TV at the game, I was like. I know there's more. <laughs> it's like, if it's not like the one black student in this sh- in the shot, and the, like when they pan up to the stands, it's like that one black student right there. <laughs> if they have yeah. like a, like a group in multiple places, then you know it's like okay, there's actually black people that go to the school. I'm not going to yeah. be the one <laughs> everywhere I go. Yeah, dude. I yeah, it was it was it was pretty um, it's pretty cool. It was until I got to DC, you know, it was like the you know, the blackest thing I've, you know, been around as far as like, uh, people. No shit. Seriously. No way. Well, yeah. Cause you know, mobile, you know, is pretty, you know, yeah, pretty I white. went to private Catholic school. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know 30, 30% black. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, Nashville, I, I stay with my family, but besides my family, you know, I was working in the golf industry and, the country, well, I shouldn't, yeah, the country music industry, music industry. Um, so, you know, there wasn't that many black people. So, yeah, Starkville was, Starkville was dope. And then I get to D.C. and it's just like black mecca. I'm like, black oh. everywhere. I knew it was some motherfuckers that could, like, drive Mercedes and it wasn't a big deal. It's like, yeah, like, bro, oh, chill out. But like, only in certain parts of the area. You can't just go anywhere. You got to, like, you got to, like, yeah. stay in Northwest kind of you know, venture yeah, out to Northeast yeah. a little bit. Yeah, no, I stay, I stay on, I stay on one part of, I stay on one side of the, <laughs> the river for DC. So yeah, man. Yeah, I, man. There's, yeah, there's, it's not too, too many areas I have, I have been that, you know, are on that red list. So have you, um, when you were looking at schools, did you look at HSBCs at all? Uh, for HBCs. HBCUs, but, yeah, HSBCs. The thing I was looking them up uh, last night. <laughs> HSBC, yeah, like yeah, black black colleges. Did you look at those? Um, I looked at, um, I mean, I looked at Howard, but like I can't really say like I looked at Howard. I feel like all like most like black kid like because my dad went to HBCU, so like I feel like everyone's 
you know, that's just kind of like, oh, like Howard. It's like Spellman. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah. it was. I was going to go to Auburn, uh, which is in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I decided, so between seeing that, um, that game on TV and deciding I wanted to major in golf, those are the two things that made me choose Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And major in golf. Hold up. What? Major yeah. in golf. Yeah, there's like 46, maybe 26 in that area of universities that um that offer professional golf management degrees. That's wild. And Mississippi State is the only one in the SEC. Uh, Florida State, which was also – um, the same distance. I should have went to Tallahassee. Yeah, that would have been dope. Uh, should have went to Florida State. Yeah, but nice. I go get dogs for every true maroon. Uh, Florida had it, so like those are the two schools like I could choose. Like one of my best friends was going to Mississippi State. It was in the SEC. Like I was close to, you know, Memphis, Tuscaloosa. I was like, all right, like they like got a fucking major for it. Literally, like what like i would want to go to if you weren't trying to because i wasn't good enough to play golf mm-hmm. at least on a d1 i could have went like to a d3 school but i wasn't going to do that shit yeah the um, be- the better degree is just gonna you know if you if you got to mississippi state might as well you know yeah so yeah dude that's 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 those are the two reasons why i went and um that's and what's up man because I, I had never visited the campus like none of that like just i saw like a golf management program and i just applied i was like Looked on the internet. I was like, "Shit, it looks nice enough." Um, their basketball team was good during that time, mm-hmm. like 2000. That was a long time ago. That was 2011. Yeah. Uh huh. It's like when I was looking at them, I was like, "Oh, like fuck, they got a basketball." Uh-huh. It was like this shit would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but nah, dude, it was just all all chance and faith. Um, that I like Mississippi State literally. I guess found me. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah, kind of how it is with colleges, man. Like I, uh, I applied to UVA. Like I applied to a bunch of like Maryland and Virginia schools. And I was like, I didn't even apply to UMD. I just like applied to Virginia and lo and behold, I got in. I'm like, well, uh, I'm going to go there. Best school I got into. So let's just do it. <laughs> let's just go for it. Um, yeah. Like, and then when you're there, like you, like, I don't know if you had the same experience when you like got there, but you kind of like, I know when I got to UVA, I'm like, yeah, this is where I'm going to be. This is like, definitely like where i should be i got that moment yeah, yeah. it's like uh, it's like yeah this is this is home <laughs> yeah, yeah man like you said in i know when we were driving up they have like leading up to the um like the stadium they have like the v on this on the street like you're leading like driving up to it i'm like yeah i like that that's dope i like that <laughs> what, is the, what are y'all the commodores no nah, the cavaliers commodores the cavaliers, i wish right. we were the commodores i feel like that'd be pretty pretty dope okay i don't know why uh, maybe that's vandy it's commodores and y'all are Cavaliers. No, the Vandals are Vandals. Vandals. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I thought. Um, I think yeah. they're the Vandals. Who knows? Vandals. Nice. Yeah, Commodores. <laughs> I wish we were the Commodores. That'd be pretty sick. That'd be sick, though. Yeah, the Cavaliers. We have the weirdest mascot in college sports. We have like this big-headed, like super weird-looking mascot with a hat that rides on a horse it's like literally a, a like a ward cavalier character yeah I'm it's having, weird as shit i'm having flashbacks from march madness and because he, he kind of looks like the duke mascot but like in a like a blue jumpsuit and he's like way less dude, way less intimidating like our mascot 
like we got to redesign this year with Nike. They like redesigned our logo and like it's embarrassing how bad it is because you can't make it look cool. Like you can't make our mascot because it's not like a dog where you just go like, oh yeah, like, you know, make it snarl and then it's like, oh, you don't want to play the dogs. Like it's a guy with a hat on. That's <laughs> like, that's our mascot. It's a dude with a hat with a feather in it. There's nothing intimidating about that. What they what they should do, and it would have been COVID um, friendly, just kind of do like what the Texas Tech does, like just have the guy with the bandana on, like deck him out in like all black or some Gucci, you know. Then, then, then you got a mascot. All black or some Gucci. <laughs> yeah, or, or black Gucci. <laughs> That's what I say. I rock the black Gucci. You know, some Gucci flip flops, and they're just they're just rocking it right in there. No problem. Yeah, man, but uh, that's that's one of the great things about D.C. And, um, the people that come and live here for however long they decide to, everyone's got a story. Um, like that's like one of the magical things I think D.C. has that like some some other cities just can't offer. It's just like yeah, because like you get in New York and you meet a lot of people from New York that mm-hmm. have never left like New York at all. But then you come to D.C. and it's like, oh, I, this dude's from Alabama, this dude's from Virginia. Everyone here is a transplant. They all come here yeah. for professional reasons, and then they kind of make their way from there. Um, yeah. The the one thing is, though, you have to, like, know people here. In other cities, you can kind of make your way. Like, in New York, you could go, like, not know anyone and find friends, you know, in a few months and, like, figure shit out. But here, like, you have to know somebody. There's no way to, like, meet people in D.C. as, as easy as it is in other cities. It's harder. It definitely is harder because I feel like it's more, like, community-based. Like, I don't know if that's a real... It's, like, it's clicky. It's clicky. It's clicky. Yeah. Like, you get people that, <clears throat> because you have, like, that career-focused mentality, you have that, like, elitism that comes with it, and, like you kind of circle or like you, you operate in the same circles of like the same elite level of people a lot of times and like, or like in the same kind of bubble, like you have, like you don't have a lot of people that just work from anywhere or come from anywhere, all kind of hanging out together. Like usually, you know, based on where you live kind of dictates like who you hang out with or like, um, the kinds of like interests you have kind of dictate who you hang out with. And that's like normal for people. Like that's like an abnormal thing to say, but like there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of ability for you to um, meet people that are outside of your bubble. It's like, you're not going to introduce people that are in a completely different friend group or in a completely different way of life than the people, you know, whereas in New York, like you meet everybody, like everybody's just there. You know, just yeah, a- no, that is that is definitely true. There's definitely, um, I feel like in DC, there's definitely way more separation because we're such a big happy hour. Um, oh, we drink so much, right? It's like you're drinking friends, yeah, some work, and then your actual friends, mm-hmm. and like the people in that like sphere or circle, it's very, uh, yeah, it's like it's very like narcissistic, career driven, a little bit, uh, yeah image image base or like oh i'm thinking about my career and it's just like mm-hmm. yeah that's that's one of the turnoffs for some people with the city like a lot of free-spirited people are like yeah i can't yeah exactly i couldn't find my space or it's like it's like yeah like i'm not driven like this or like, like or like it, it's that feeling of like you always have to compete with people you're always having to like compare yourself 
because someone else is doing more than you or makes more than you or knows more people than you or has done something more. It's like you're always sizing up yourself to other people because there are people in D.C. that are fucking killing it all the time. And like, yeah, dude, it's a competitive-ass city. Yeah, man. It's not for the faint of heart. Like, it really Hell no. Hell no. The, the, the guys I started going out with in the area, um, like cool as shit, like super cool. But the energy is like straight up co- like competitive. Like they like invite you out just to see if you can hang. And then if you can hang, then it's like, okay, yeah, you're good. Like just like come out and do shit. But it's not like, oh, we like you, man. You're a friend. It's like, yeah, come out. Like, can you hang? Yeah. All right. Then you're good. Like it's, it's not like, um, it's just different, man. It's like everything has to be, it's, you're always sized up, you know? Um, and in a way, like, I kind of like that. It's kind of a cool thing just because it's like, it makes you always like, like grow. It forces you to always challenge yourself and be better. But sometimes you just like, I don't want to have to think about, you know, whether or not I, like I bought a table last weekend. Like I don't have to think about that all the time, <laughs> you know? No, dude. Um, bro, like we, that's like, it's like one of the things I liked about the lockdown is like, Oh, I don't have to play like this not catch up because you're not catching up mm-hmm. it's just like i guess it's like a like a foot race it's like what oh my god what uh, I yeah uh, man so, well there there's definitely a point in time where i got lost right <laughs> i was just going to brunch like every weekend Friday to Monday, uh, every day yeah oh it's like uh, i'm hungover every single day, <laughs> every day. like i try and tell people about it and like oh dude that's just dc like what the fuck? Nah, it's fucked up. You can't no do. Can... <laughs> you can't do that shit, dude. Like no one has a problem with this. Like what? <laughs> because it's what everyone does to get away from work. It's like I know when I was um when I first got like into my career, like deep into my career, like we would, I think like my life was filled with dates and drinking. I think that was my entire life outside of work. I'd have like one or two dates a week. And then Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday during football season, I was drinking the entire weekend. And, but like during the week, like I'd you know I'd be you know grind like like working out and shit, like not doing stuff. But like you're always like constantly filling your life with stuff to just do. You know, there's no like oh I'm just gonna like hang out and, and like you know paint <laughs> or like I'm gonna you know go. Uh, I don't hike. I don't like hiking very much. So I don't like go on hikes. That's not my thing. Um, but like I was you know because you're in the same group that I am like. Everything we do is about like getting out, you know, getting out of the house, being social, meeting people. Um, and it just, at some point you kind of go too far. <laughs> you're like, you do a little too much. You got to dial it back just a smidge, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> kind of learn your lesson a little bit. I know for me, like I think <clears throat> right before I got in my last relationship, I was like super because it was like I was like three or four months between relationships and I was like going yeah, ham. Yeah, I can't even keep up with which one this is. I'm I'm over here just <laughs> a relationship. You're, you're saying like this is three 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 four what? I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. Oh crap! All right, so what the break happens when you're over five ten five eleven. Oh come on, son! Don't give me that shit! <laughs> Don't give me that shit! Oh, it's not even that. Like honestly, like. I've, I've watched you, like, I've seen you, like, hunt. I've seen you out, like, talk, like, <laughs> dude, don't give me that shit. <laughs> You're one of the sweetest motherfuckers I've, I know, dude. Give me that, dude. <laughs> chill, 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 I got you, man. I got you. He's, very, he's a cool, very, very cool, smooth guy. Um, 
Yeah, like, uh, but now, man. So to give some some context, so like, I like, I was in a relationship back in 2017 for a year and a half, broke up, and then 20 was it 2016? It was 2016. 2016 through 2017, I was in a relationship. Um, or is it 20? I don't even know. I can't remember. It was three years of, of relationships. I broke up with the last one back in May. So two different girlfriends, both a year and a half. And, and like between that period of, of between both of those, I was just like going ham, going ham and I had to dial it back a little bit. So like now, um, during quarantine, having to like recalibrate my, like my social life to be like more self-focused and less concerned about going out cause you can't go out. And having to be constructive and make podcasts and such. So it's what I'm doing to deal with that. But uh, yeah, man, I don't even know. Like, are you like even, are you even out there trying to date right now with all the shit going on? Or are you just like kind of not even doing it? I mean, dude, I'm 26. And like, I think I really had like a serious girlfriend. So I feel like this dating thing, like you definitely got to like, you got to go in thinking it's going to last, but like, you also got to go in like being like, okay, this is like, I'm going to go through a few relationships before like, I figure out myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like I need to like, I don't know. Like I feel like I need to date I'm, like 26, bro. Like I've been out of college longer than I've been in or college. I've been out of college. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like a while. Um, happens fast man i've been out of college for 10 years bro it's <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what happened 10 years <laughs> shit is crazy dude i uh, didn't even seem real man Nah, dude like this like i mean yeah like i would i would like to date i don't want to force it but it's also like it's like fuck i get out i get tired of being out here in the streets oh like, dude it's it's uh it, me out. Mm-hmm. it takes the energy out of you i know that much yeah, yeah. Dude, like honestly, I'm trying to find a like. It's like, yeah, me and Charlie going to the park, and then like we're playing golf the next day, and it's like we're getting lit at both of them. And it's like, all right, like we can get a brunch, and it's like we can chill. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like it gets exhausting, mm-hmm. like reintroducing yourself to people, and it's just like, ah, oh, fuck. Like I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Really like yours. I just think you're cute. Yeah, no, because you know how it is. Like, after you get a couple drinks, you're like, oh, hey, I think I like you a little bit more now. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's some yeah. chemistry here. It's like, nah, nah. You know, it's it's like when you have someone that, I think for me, what I the reason why I went through two, like, back-to-back was that um, I got into a place in my life where, like, I was just very comfortable with myself, and I could let my guard down a little bit more, and that, like, let me introduce women into my life to be there when I was just being myself and not like, you know, being out, like drinking, being social and all that. And it just kind of like naturally became a thing. Um, but the same thing along with that, like breakups are the worst, like breakups suck, dude. But your phone's, uh, your phone's doing a little something right now. I don't know if I can handle the heartbreak. Oh, Oh man, look, so, so the first one did the first one that I went through was pretty bad. <laughs> the first one was like, ah, cause it just like ended. Like we were like chilling and like, I heard her and I was just like, Hey, I'm sorry, but like, I don't, you know, this is fucking with me a little bit. And then like, she just like stopped talking and I was like, uh, dude, is your, is your phone, uh, is your phone like, are you moving around? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Because it's like it's like popping a little bit. Um, uh, what about now? I have an iPhone seven, so. Um, oh, I got you. Shit, shit could just be. Could, just could be. Just Get oh, <laughs> just old dog. Yo, I just I upgraded. I, I had an Android before uh, I got my I first know, iPhone, you bro. An iPhone. You see yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, whenever I text a girl, she's like, "Oh my god, it's blue!" Like, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yep, it is. I have an iPhone now. Um, now, like, it's um, yeah. I had to get a new one. I had an, uh, an Android that uh, I've had for three years, and it was dying. It was dying, so I had to get a new phone. Jumped in, got the 12 Pro, and um. Ooh, what's it? What's that camera like? Oh, I haven't even. I've used it. I think twice. Used it twice, and it's pretty dope. It just looks cool. It's like I just look at it. I, I honestly like. I spend time looking at my phone a lot. So what do you buy iPhones for? What? Because I buy iPhones for the camera. So what? Why do you get iPhones? Well, I bought. So this is my first. So I bought it because one, like. Oh my, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like my phone was die. Like literally, my phone was like falling apart. Um, but I bought this one because it's like a faster processor. So it's like real quick. And at the same time, the OS was upgraded recently. So it's like more like, uh, similar to the Android, um, OS. So like you can like, you have that screen where all your apps are like laid out in one, like in one place. And they didn't have that before. So if I didn't have that, I'd be like, this is stupid. But now like they've upgraded. I'm like, I can do it and be fine. So, um, yeah, it's honestly like it's just like an Android. It's just a little faster than my last phone. Um, the Face ID is pretty dope, and it looks really nice. It, it's a very good looking phone. Um, otherwise, like it's pretty much the same thing. You know, I, I have all the same apps on it. You know, um, maybe I'll start recording stuff on camera. You know, once we can actually get out of the house Sorry, more. You got to utilize the the video and the apps because like that's like what makes an iphone like not as ratchet as a samsung oh for real is that is that the situation is that what i'm missing out well i mean just like snapchat instagram like all these apps are just like made for like the iphone so it just like looks better and like videos and like uploading stuff and watching it it's like so much better so yeah you gotta definitely like utilize that You'll see the difference, especially, like, once you start, like, looking at videos that are, like, done by, like, Samsung that you watch Mm. versus, like, an iPhone. Um, But, yeah, that's, um, that's welcome, welcome to the uh, brave new world. I'm, I'm part of the cool club. I'm, like, in there. Like, I'm no longer one of those, like you said, I'm not ratchet anymore. Do you know how much shit I used to get from people when I would text them and I didn't have a blue messenger, like, all the time? Are you right. are you kidding me? Are you are you so kidding me? Memes and Twitter and like we always say it's like yeah she got a green she got a green phone don't trust her <laughs> don't, don't 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 go over to her crib because she might <laughs> she might steal your shit. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just like half the time most of the people I know with Samsungs are like rich. I'm like what? Nah, like, I you know what. In one case, I get I all my homies, so like me and like three of my homeboys all had Androids, and they still have Androids now. And like one of my homies that does is like he's the the one of the most loaded people I know, like objectively like has the most money of anyone that I know. But like I think he's also one of those guys that like uh, likes yeah, to, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly, right. Like has one, he's one of those guys that likes to just be able to like um build like computers and likes tech so for him it's yeah. like he likes the fact you can like um jailbreak an android and do shit with it so he just kind of jumped on it and like all right that's cool do your thing 
But I feel like the the iPhone club is like a cooler club to be in, but it's also kind of annoying because it's just like it's not that cool. It's just a, it's cool, but it's not that cool. Like I feel cooler than I did with an Android. I'm not gonna lie, but it's not like I'm you know so much cooler that I couldn't you know if I didn't have an, uh, an iPhone that I would be like a pariah. It's not that bad. You know? Yeah, and I think that's you coming from the voice of reason of never having an iPhone. And yeah. Being like, I have no idea what I would do if I didn't have a blue like check mark or like a blue <laughs> message. Like, I would I would be like, the reason why this isn't working is because I don't have an iPhone. Yeah. Um, but no, dude. Um, but yeah, man. So what um, have you, for these podcasts, like, have you been discovering stuff about people or like what's been like the feedback or like your your takeaways oh dude it's been great thanks for asking that actually um so like the the podcast has been a a kind of an interesting thing because when i started it i didn't really have any expectations i um i knew that i liked doing it and i and i knew i liked talking obviously because i do a lot of it but um i didn't have any expectations of what to expect in terms of what my friends would talk about or what people would have to say about it or even like, you know, how many times I would record or whatever. And since I've started doing it, I've kind of gotten into a groove where it feels natural and it doesn't seem like I'm doing it or forcing it or I'm doing it because I feel like I have to do it. It feels very natural. And of all the shows I've had, it's like every show has a little bit of a different character to it. And um, I think the the biggest thing is like, learning how to keep the shows compelling and like for me because like it's like you know I have to kind of like run the show and like kind of keep it on track or whatever but um beyond that I think just knowing that I have a platform to be able to talk to people about things that you wouldn't normally get a chance to talk to people about but it's just like recorded and like you know you come on you talk about what you want to talk about my other friends have been on they talk about what they want to talk about I've had a couple other friends like hit me up like saying they want to be on I'm like cool like I don't know what you want to talk about but you obviously want to talk about something so let's just like figure it out and just like have a conversation and what I've noticed is I don't want to like pat myself on the back but I have a, a way of making people comfortable to talk to me so when I get them on, I get more from them than I thought that I would. And that's been kind of interesting to see. Um, I think it's kind of also knowing that it's, you have like an, an, like an unknown audience that's out there and you're not necessarily going to ever interact with them. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but they're just out there. They're listening. Like I know for me, like I've talked to my parents, I've talked to my friends and they've gone back and listened to shows and I can tell they've listened to it based on things they say, but they don't talk to me about the show. So being able to like just kind of open up and talk, speak your mind about stuff and then realize that people are actually paying attention to it to some degree is pretty dope. Um, so in a way, like it's kind of meeting that middle where I'm like, I like doing it. It's giving me like a platform to do something creative that I actually enjoy doing. But I also am able to kind of build this kind of like network of people and int- like uh, information that I wouldn't have otherwise had. Um, so it's been like really cool. Um, and also... Uh, way more people are listening than I thought they would. I've gotten up to 112 unique listeners as of oh, last week. Hey, yeah, dude. Hey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh shit. And like, I just found uh, so this girl that I, I I met um a couple weeks ago. She's like a marketing professional, and she was like, I was like talking to her. She's like, I'm like, look, if you can help me, I will pay you. She's like, I got you. So she sent me some stuff. I'm gonna figure out how to market this show a little bit differently. 
um, and try to expand it some more. But shit, dude, four shows in, I'm I'm, I'm breaking one twelve. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm 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 feeling pretty good about it. I don't know. Hey, just just remember me when you get that blue check mark. Oh, bro. <laughs> and dude, like, I'm not even gonna ask a lot. I just want you to like answer your phone. I'm trying to get in the bar. And oh come like, on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're like, yeah. Yo, do you know this kid? Like, Lavar, do you know this kid? He's like, he says he knows. He's like, yeah, man, little man. It's like, all right, like, <laughs> appreciate it, man. It's like, dr- like Droskis over there, Drake. It's like, hey, look, guys. Like, yeah, like. I'm part of the party, so like, yeah, just don't just don't forget about the the small people. The, oh the, come on, the, man! The people like me from Alabama, you know. Yo, come on! It's never too early in their life, so <laughs> you know, just re- just remember that. <laughs> don't forget the little guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the little guy. Yo. Uh, no, man. No, honestly, man. Like, it's too early to be talking like that. This is just like some new show I just kicked off, man. But hopefully, with like, if if I if I put some energy into it it'll, it'll grow into something bigger but um yeah man whatever you know you know i got and you, yeah bro. even on. if it even if it um even if it doesn't grow and following like it you know engagement can go up or even if it doesn't go up it's like all right like i have this 112 people like that's an audience yeah like you know if you like if you thought about like sitting in front of an, in the auditorium and you know it's a lot of people, people like that's that's a lot of people that's a lot of people so it's just like, okay, like I have this and I'll go with it and I'll be as, you know, candid and honest and vulnerable as I can. And, you know, it's, it's, it's I mean, like, I'm, I, I wouldn't know what it's like, but mm-hmm. dude, it must, you know, just be an amazing feeling to be like, wow, like, okay, even, you know, 112 people like tuning into this, like, this is pretty cool. Well, it's, yeah, um, it's, it's weird, dude. You know, honestly, man. Honestly, I haven't even thought of it like it's a bunch of like individuals. I just see a number and I check the number and the number goes up. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, but the thing that's tripped me out is I've had people listen to me in other countries. And I'm like, who are these people? Like someone in Germany, someone in Australia, and someone in Turkey have listened to the show. Like, who are oh, these shit. people? Who the fuck oh, are these shit. people? It's international. Yeah, shout out to my, uh, my girl in South Korea. Shout out to my <laughs> homie in London. Yeah, man. Yeah, I got, I got, I got homies down in Colombia. I got, I got friends in Aruba. Shout out to Mumba Beach. Yeah, we international worldwide. You're like, eh? well, you're like, you're like ludicrous in area codes. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Country Boy Day. Reporting from D.C., baby. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Y'all follow me on the gram at the Ness Kid. Um, yeah, son. Yo, yeah, man. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna link you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put your name on this one, uh, obviously, because you've got a you've got a, a network of people, you know. We'll we'll yeah we'll 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 um disseminate to the masses. People will probably be pretty um pretty like surprised, like wow, like David's like. He did a podcast. He's so mature now. Oh like, shit! Like I like I told one of my friends, I was like, "Yeah, like I gotta get ready for this podcast." He's like, "Yeah, Yo, you're doing a podcast." I'm like, what? Shit, man. I'm like, well, I mean, you know, and then no one's ever offered, you know, for me to be a part of a podcast. But then I'm like, yeah, it's like, is that a big deal? Like, is that a big deal? It's... I think for people that don't listen to podcasts. Oh, okay, know, okay. Like, but it's like my brother, for example. Like, mm-hmm. all he listens to is podcasts. He doesn't. He'll watch the news on like thirty second clips, but he gets like most of his daily information from podcasts. Really? Okay. So, so like it just struck me when you said that because I'm like, wow, like you know who like the audience for podcasts probably just range 
it's everybody differently yeah it's unique um, well, the thing the, the weird shit is like i have to find what my audience is i haven't i still don't know what my show is yet it's just me talking so far like having my friends on i don't have like um like a target demographic or like a topic that i want to like focus on technically i do but like honestly i'd rather just have a conversation and just like touch on some things that i have like a connection with on the with the person and then just kind of go from there because i feel like you know if we can just have a conversation then it's compelling enough to listen to uh you know that's how i feel about it so i mean the reason why i had you on like i said dude it's like You've, you've been like, you remind me a little bit of myself when I was 22, but you're like a little cooler than I was when I was like younger. So like, I kind of look at you <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yo, Didi's cool shit. He's like been in the same like bubble that I've been in, but he's also like, he's just like, he's just like a, like a different energy. Like you're way cooler than most of the people that we hang out with. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. It's like, you're just cool, cool I, bro. Because of my, and I don't know, you know, cool, cool. I'm, I'm glad it, it's manifested in the coolness, but you know, I think it's just um, my experiences. Like, yeah. for example, for the people that are, you know, shout out to my worldwide listeners, for example, so like where I'm from, Mobile, Alabama, the home of Mardi Gras. Um, Is that for real? Yeah. So not only did we uh, bring or we celebrated Mardi Gras first in the Americas, um, 12 years before New Orleans. Um, but yeah, so... I am from the city, the town of the last lynching. Oh like, yeah, that's not surprising. Slave shit. Yeah. So like when people like talk about these things and like I just like laugh or like like that's why I laugh like when that like you know <laughs> that white girl like so like, you're racist like at the session's confirmation thing I'm like yo like you have no idea you like, don't even know like you like you don't even know I'm like yeah like the like 1980 Michael Donald. The last one. That's right. I like, remember seeing that. My grandma. Yeah. And this was a Catholic. Um, you know, this was a Catholic school, a Catholic community. Where are you happened. serious? Yo, are you serious, dude? Yeah, bro. So, like, Damn. my mom, my mom taught. I mean, not my mom. Sorry, my grandma was a school teacher at Heart of Mary, which is like the the black Catholic school out of like all the Catholic school feeder kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael Donald was Catholic and like where it happened, that was like right around from my high school and not too far from like where family members grew up. And, you know, 1980, my dad graduated high school. He was a class of 79. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this motherfucker's 19. So it's like, yeah, I, I vividly remember everything that happened to me at 19. Wow. And yeah. it's like, you know, the clan, um, so essentially a black man killed, um, a white cop or he killed somebody white mm-hmm. um, and he got off for it. And like the clans as, you know, racist, crazy people, hateful people do. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh shit. Like the black person got off for it. Like, you know, this white man's country. Like, well, we got to show him like, you mm-hmm. know, if he can get away with this, like, so can we. And like Michael Donald's like walking home. Jesus Christ. And they just like fucking, you know, beat him up and like, Hung him on a tree, dude. Um, I have a picture of it, but it's like, yeah, dude, it's like not right across. I mean, it's not far from like where my family grew up. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like my grandma taught him. So wow, man. And then it's like, okay. And then I'm also from the town that had the last slave ship. So it's like, when we what? Talk about, 
What? Yeah, yeah. So Africa Town, so like the last slave ship um, ever like brought into America was in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, let me look up the date real quick. American uh, history, so. people. God darn it. Mary- yeah, dude. So like when people like try and talk to me, right? Say shit. Yeah, the Clotilda. I should know this by now. Mm-hmm. The July 9th, 1860 was like when it came into the docks of Mobile Bay. Um, arriving in Mobile Bay in autumn of 1859 or July 9th, 1860. So, yeah. So, you know, the last slave ship, the last lynching, like, um, you know, that's just Mobile. Like, Alabama is a state of, like, you know, John Lewis, Rosa Parks, like, all Mm -hmm. these people. Lots of very historic civil rights, uh. Yeah, so it's like, and so it's like getting up to Congress and like getting put in a box or like seeing like Democrats aren't as, you know, um, dischantment is the word. Um, Mm -hmm. I looked it up before I came here to like describe (laughs) my feelings, like dischantment is Uh like, it's like someone who like just doesn't believe or respects someone that they held in high regard Mm -hmm. or like respected Mm -hmm. because they found out the truth. That's like what the word means. Mm -hmm. Um, is that how you? F- no, sorry. Go ahead. What? No, wait, what were you gonna say? No, wait, you said life. No, I was gonna say, is that how you feel about um, after like spending time in politics? Is that kind of how you feel about it? Yeah, dude. I think it's all a game. It's all rigged. Like working for you know a Kennedy to the Black Caucus to you know Luther Strange, Chef Sessions. Like, like I've been all around the political spectrum, and like these people aren't trying to make what I call a transformative immediate change. Mm-hmm. Like people are literally arguing over student debt forgiveness. Like, well, Which, it shouldn't be a partisan issue. <laughs> that shouldn't. Well, I yeah. mean, but it is. And it's like, people's like, well, what about me? I paid off my student debt. Am I going to get a check? And it's just like, you know, these are not the like, okay. Like, dude, we will, we will address that soon but that's, mm, not, that's not the problem not, you paid it off yeah, you're you good off the <laughs> not the point it's like look dude like we will we will cut you a check reimbursement check like once we like solve student debt like you'll get your check too but like yeah now you know what it's like to be left out of the government program yeah like like congrats mm-hmm. it's like no dude like dems don't move the ball hard enough i mean look at um and for People that aren't into politics, excuse me if I just start rambling. Um, this is why I brought you on, Dini. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, you know, you go on um, Instagram or Twitter um, at Transition46, which is the Biden administration. Mm. Go look at their their cabinet. They've got like two, two black people like at senior levels. Mm-hmm. You've got Cedric Richmond, my former boss. He's head of public engagement. Um, and then you have uh, one lady being considered for um, Secretary of State, this mm-hmm. black woman. I think she's Secretary of State. Um, might not be Secretary of State. Regardless, uh, those are like the only two black super senior officials. All the other black women, shout out to the all women's comms team it's like the black women are deputies and like this lady at the mm-hmm. economic uh council she's a deputy so it's like even all these black women that they're putting on and like 
major roles, it's like, why are they deputies? Like, you have the mm. floor director for Stenny Hoyer. I can't pronounce her name um, uh, right, so I'm not going to say it uh, or attempt it. But mm. yeah. um, she's a badass. And, like, she doesn't need to be director – or she doesn't need to be deputy at anything. She needs to be, like, head of it. So it's, like, even, like, looking at this, it's, like, why are all these black women getting, like, deputies? It's, uh, I think this guy said it, Fred Minton or Fred Mayerton. I don't know his name. But he's, like, um, you know, welcome to the same new world. It's, like, it's the same thing. Yeah, same thing, but like, different layer, different coat of paint. It's, like, okay, yeah. It's, like, you stick, like, a few black people in there. But it's like these structural changes, like moderate Democrats don't want, they don't want AOC. They don't want, no, heck no. Anyone that's centrist or like anywhere like in like the corporate democratic, um, like kind of bubble, they don't want hard liberals coming in and doing anything. Well, no, not even, I wouldn't even consider hard liberals because there's hard liberals that are against student loans, uh, forgiveness, at Mm -hmm. least people I know in Massachusetts are like, I, like, I think the only real way that things are going to change is if people finally start like actually exercising the right to vote and you vote for people in ways to like where you, there, you know, vote, voter fraud is just, you know, going to be, uh, you know, a, a small attempt because it's like you vote, people in to stop voter fraud you vote people in to hold electors and the electorate accountable mm-hmm. you know you go to the ballot but that's still only electing people is one thing keeping them elected and then understanding that some things might not be able to be done even if you get them in office but through congress because congress only has the power of the purse congress only has the uh, that is their jurisdiction they can they have the money Mm -hmm. it's like yeah you know um you know ecclesiastes 10 19 money is the answer to anything Mm -hmm. it's like yeah okay yeah money is the answer to anything but it's like congress can only do like the power of the purse and that's still fun and funding is still and like i'm still figuring out all that like like federal funding like this isn't local state things do get grants but it's like federal funding so it's like there's still these there's still a whole swath of things you have to touch but like i just me working in the senate working in the house working for left working for right Mm -hmm. just like dude like none of these people have the appetite to actually make the transformative changes um and what i'm starting to see is either because they don't want to, mm-hmm. because they're evil. Um, they or, don't do or it. it's yeah, they're un, they're uneducated, or they don't believe that they think that way of thinking is wrong. And this is where most people fall in, as far as I consider Republicans conservatives. Mm-hmm. They're like either um, dabble, not dabble down. They kind of like. Um, drown down. They kind of di- dilute. That's where I'm looking for. They dilute the issue, and they say, "Well, you know, I think this is the better way." But you know, in actuality, we know the only way, like, to really change things is like it's got to be progressive. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we can incorporate conservative ideas because you know conservatives 
you know, they do tend to be better on the, the finance. Yeah. Yeah. Fiscally they're more conservative and yeah. Yeah. So it's like, all right, like incorporate, incorporate some shit into, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll good practices. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I don't see, you know, Congress to me is a huge problem and they're never going to pass like anything because these people that are elected are just worried about getting reelected mm-hmm. and usually rocking the boat is not a good way. There's too much money involved in like Congress. Like you said, like in, in politics in general with Congress for sure, where, you know, Congress votes on the majority of like social or like at least like forward facing issues and, you know, you can buy a congressman out within, you know, a couple million dollars. And so like, you have this weird, like, issue of, like, not knowing if the people you elect are actually going to vote for or are going to, like, I guess, have the ability to influence the, 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 the tide of change in the direction you know it needs to go. And that, yeah, and that's why I think that voting is um, that's part of this, the solution. The mm-hmm. other part of the solution um, is to me is just going to be an actual pure labor movement. Yeah, that's I mean, we need a, another like a, a union. Um, and <laughs> we need one badly. And I think it's pretty damn easy if people have the appetite. And this is like why me being Catholic, I think it resonates with me. It's like you're going to have you have to suffer no matter what. So mm-hmm. like no good deed goes unpunished. It's like yeah, like a labor movement could get pretty ugly mm-hmm. um we don't you know if it, if it's on the magnitude it needs to be we have no idea what's going to happen but it's like yeah like i think if people said i'm not cutting your grass i'm not answering your phone not, not serving you food not, yeah yeah you doing your laundry and if people just said no for like four months it would it would shit would just implode yeah it will i think companies would be like all right like Give them whatever the fuck they want. Like, I'd rather have $20 billion than nothing. Because so, it's just greed, dude. That's, what, mm-hmm. that's, that's all what it is, yeah. Because like, there's there's an endless amount of money that can be made. And as long as it's able to be made, they are going to try to make it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I don't know what I am. Like, I don't know if I'm a Marxist, a socialist, a capitalist. Like, I just There's no think, label. Yeah, it's just in principle uh, yeah. the things that make sense. And things that don't. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just think there's ways. I just think there, I think it's, and I think it's one of the, the, the things too, of living in a world run by white supremacy is that there's not enough resources for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think, and like, I honestly do think like at the, well, one, like wealth is too concentrated but two, it's just like we live like a lot of people have just been sold this lie that like, you know, capitalism fierce like mm-hmm. has has not, and it's like socialist bad, Marxist bad. So yeah, just, well, it's I don't even, it's I don't a lie. Even, like you said, like people got sold a lie. It's like this idea that you're gonna win the capitalist lottery and be rich one day is what keeps people working hard and like trying to like make their way through. But like in reality, you know wealth is relative for one and you can be fiscally like um, responsible and have a comfortable life without being wealthy. You don't have to make a million, two million, ten million dollars or more to live a happy life. It's not necessary. Um, it's just that the idea of like owning all the nicest stuff is going to somehow give you 
bring you to some level of salvation or like um deliver like make you like you know give you the the life you want but i don't know like i don't know if you've experienced a dd but like with like the way life is you can have everything and still be miserable you can have a bunch of awesome stuff have a really good life have a bunch of cool toys have all these things going on but like if you're not happy with yourself and what you're doing day to day it doesn't matter what you have you're all, you're going to think about what you don't have it's just how people are so you don't you know capitalism like sells people this idea that like more things opulence like excess is the way to happiness and it's just not it's fundamentally not the way to happiness you can get comfort from having more things but you're not going to be happier you have to like build yourself you have to work on yourself you have to like deal with your the things you don't like in order to be able to be more like at a baseline level of like better happiness um and, dude, and yeah dude and i think the way the things are set up now people don't have time to do that because the world and life doesn't give them time like i truly mm-hmm. believe like we saw it like i think i think i do i think it should be three-day work weeks Tuesday, Wednesday, or three days. Oh, I did four days. I did four days. Four, four tens. Four, but I mean, I would do, I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. And like, I give, like, you give people, like, you have a government where it's like, you can go to therapy for free and it's good. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Like, okay. It's like, well, when do I go to therapy? <clears throat> oh, well, I'm off Mondays and Fridays. And it's just like, you know, okay, well, now I have time to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Or it's especially with education. Dude, like kids don't, we know people don't learn like sitting inside for a long time. Like, oh, I, I couldn't would, imagine being a kid right now with this shit going on. Sitting exactly. at your laptop. I go crazy. It's bad enough as an adult having to stare at my laptop all day. I couldn't imagine being like 10 years old doing this. Yeah, dude, but like even but even with the way we teach kids and how they learn, like I know in other countries they have shorter learning periods and like they don't go to school a few days out of the week. Like there's so many things that need to be addressed or done. It's like, all right, kids that care about the environment and the Green New Deal. Well, if you don't have class on Thursdays, you know, this government run program takes you out to your river teaches you how to collect soil samples, mm-hmm. help us collect soil samples. We don't have enough employees to do all this shit. So it's like, why not? Like, oh, mm-hmm. like, you're, like uh, I guess, vocation, you know, vocations are, I don't know if nationalism is the right word, but it's like, mm-hmm. uh, that's like I, why I believe in government. So I was like, okay, like this gives you a sense of cause and purpose. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like looking at Congress, I'm like, that's not going to happen through a law. That's going to happen with like the people. social contract mm-hmm. people make. Like if you look at yep. France, those motherfuckers just start burning shit, and they took out the part of the bill that was like that was getting people all fucked up because the bill was like it's illegal to film a cop in yeah. order to identify yeah. them or to and, like yeah implicate them in some crime or something. Like you can't film a cop if he's doing wrong. Okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> And it's just like, yeah, and the French were like, uh, fuck mm. this. We, we oh, hell no. Dude, I said, oh, hell no, like seven times when I read that. It's just like, uh-uh. Exactly. No way. And, and yeah, I just don't see, in my opinion, and um, I guess we'll, I'll, I'll hit this segment um, right after this, is the American people don't 
we are this is a powder keg and like the oh the yeah. people that <laughs> yeah. like, the, oh, thank God. like the people are seeing yeah. the wealth accumulation and saying like i'm my day-to-day life's not getting better and i'm mm-hmm. playing by the rules and i'm doing what i'm supposed to do mm-hmm. and keep saying if i do this and this mm-hmm. it's going to get better and meanwhile all these people that cheat lie stab and just do all these things like get better. yeah get yeah. whatever they want <laughs> People are going to snap, and we're a country that believes in bearing arms. Like, this is not a country you want. Like having civil yeah, revolts. Like, yeah. Like, France, France, I get it, because there's no guns. It's like, all right, guys. Yeah. Like, worst case scenario, like, y'all are going to fucking, like, try and storm, like, the, the, the V or whatever with some goddamn, you know, like, tractors, you know, and <laughs> All right. Like, Take some dry baguettes and yeah. <laughs> try to stab somebody with it. Yeah, but it's like yeah. here, dude. It's like, like yo, literally, like I, 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 I shit you not. I could move home, like if I wanted to, like if I just wanted to be like evil, mm-hmm. I could run as a black Republican and just spew out crazy just rhetoric. nonsense. Yeah, go home and say like the government is coming to get us. Arm yourselves and, and yeah. form a militia, mm-hmm. and I could literally have it like it's so you easy. Could, yeah, you could be. <laughs> Like you'd be so straight. It's one of those things where you could feed into that whole like, like you could like it's called being like being a grifter. Like you could be a grifter for the right and just like spew like you said spew the rhetoric and just say that the talking points of what people want to hear and like make a living off of it. And it's like, but what you're saying is right though. Like this country has this weird um, culture of like it's like this country's backwards where it was founded on principles of the ruling class, of the elite, wealthy, white ruling class. The principles of the Declaration of Independence, of the Constitution, all of that was all written by wealthy, white, like, well-off, powerful men. And yet, it's like, this; those are the same rules we're trying to govern in a nation of, like, however many billion people, where, what, 90% of the people aren't in that class? And yet we're still trying to like maintain the the rules that uphold those those rights of of of, um, of living, and it doesn't make sense because like the the lives that we live today are so removed from that way of life. The the thing that like, and you probably you'll probably like get this too. The thing that got me about all of like the the rhetoric that we learned about what America was founded on that throws me off is that these rules were written by men that didn't have to work. They didn't have to work. They had slaves doing their work for them. So they could like sit around and write all day. They could do whatever they want to do and not have to work. So now we're like the majority of the American people are working for their day-to-day lives, 40 hours a week or more to make a living. How are we like trying to uphold the same ethos? It doesn't make sense. It's a contradiction. Yeah, that's why I said living in the world of white supremacy because not only – I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you brought that up. Not only – were they not working they eliminated the competition like they're like it's like yeah dude you like these people amassed this wealth and did all this because you just got rid of the competition mm-hmm. there was no competition there's no you're you, like there's like you like you got rid of them like yeah. native americans like i, mm-hmm. I went to school in Otibaha County. I've never met an Otibaha person. Yeah, right. I, How fucked up is that? That's yeah, so like, fucked up. Alabama. Oh man. A Native American name. Good lord. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, dude. Like, people, people. They're like, well, America's the greatest country in the world. Is it? Like, is it? No, 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 no. But it's like it became 
a country that had a GDP and like n- not a lot of debts because mm-hmm. of the way it uh, accumulated power. The, the labor but, market, like, the labor, the way labor works in this country allows for that to happen. It's structured that way. Well, just with slavery too, just building it up with cotton. That's what I'm saying. Manufacturing, though. yeah, like you just like you think, did. dude, the forty hour work week is built off of the the factory factory hours. The only reason why I work 40 hours a week is because of factory hours. It's like it's an antiquated like system that's just been like passed forward through generations. We don't have to work 40 hours a week. It's not necessary. We don't have to do and, it. And uh, 40 hours a week was a controversial thing before like the first labor movement. Like motherfuckers had motherfuckers were getting beat up and died to have the weekend off. Like that is a crazy. Isn't that like, crazy? That, like, bro, like <laughs> we get two days, two yo, know, Didi. We get two days a week, and we start drinking on Thursdays just to like get a head start. Like that's all we get. And then even then, like even now, like the time we get off PTO is like not. It's like the worst, and aside from maybe Japan or whatever, and the like the the Western world is like some of the worst time off. We don't get paternity leave. We get some maternity leave. In some cases, if you're like in a really good job, that's a career with a salary, you might get some maternity leave. There's no paternity leave, like for the most part. And your PTO, like for me, I get, I get, I think all of two weeks of PTO and then like a week of sick leave. So it's like pretty good on like the whole, like the grand scale. It's pretty good. But like objectively, like you get countries in Europe that get like a month off every year. You have to take a month off. You can't not take a month off. Like, why do we work so much? <laughs> like, what are we getting for this work we're putting in? And that's why, like, I think that's why a lot of these protests when people are just upset, it's like, we bust our asses here. And the amount of work we put out does not match the amount of wealth we accrue. It just isn't the same. There's no reason why anyone that I know that you know should, like, have to work more than 40 hours a week and make less than, like, $70,000 a year. There's no reason for it because we can do it. All the work, all the companies we work for could easily distribute higher wages to people when they just don't do it. It's like, dude, yeah, and it's just like, yeah, it's like, why, <laughs> why work? It's like mm-hmm. we, we've seen our parents, our grandparents, we've seen all these bust their asses, man. And then it's like, it's like that you can't enjoy it or you die from it. And it's just like, all right, well, if I'm gonna be broke and work my ass off, well, I'd, I'd rather not work. Yeah, and, and just be, be broke. broke. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yo, I mean, like, I can yo. sell drugs and make money. Sure, why not? Like, no. Nah. Yeah, like you tell me, like, nah. you tell me, like my situation doesn't really change that much. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's yeah, because uh, it, it's not a meritocracy. Capitalism is not a meritocracy. It, it gives you this illusion that it is, but really, the more work you put out in a, in a capitalist society or in a capitalist structure, the more the managers and the, and the owners make. So they tell you that you're supposed to put in more time because the more time you put in, the more they make. It's it's like it's like a it only feeds the top of the food chain. So truthfully, if it was a meritocracy, you wouldn't like. That's why being an entrepreneur or at least like having your own business like makes more sense because the energy you put into it more or less pays right off. And that's what's capitalism gives you the way, like gives you the pathway to do that, to start your own business, to have that way. But you have to have like a lot of luck and a lot of like intelligence and you have to be a risk taker. Like most people aren't going to do that. Most people are not going to take the chance of being a business owner, but that's what capitalism is like touted to being good for 
is for people that take that initiative. The potential for that to be the case is there. But then, Didi, but then, given what happened this year with the economy imploding with the freaking pandemic, small business owners got smashed with the pandemic. And some of them made it, some of them didn't. Most of them aren't going to make it. So even then, you have a small business and the economy still isn't, like coming back to government, government isn't supporting the economic structures to allow for the capitalist society to like be in support of the thing that it's saying it's in support for. People are going to start burning buildings. Like people are going to start like knocking buildings Bro, over. And, 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 and rightfully so. Like it should, like it, like, I think Paul Mooney said it. Paul uh, Mooney. They, People don't know who Paul Mooney is, son. So, so Paul Mooney, so Paul Mooney, for those listening, Paul Mooney is a great writer, stand-up comedian. Um, he is most famously known as being, like, the content creator and writer for Richard Pryor. Yep. Uh, most recently known as Negro Damas and as a black guy. <laughs> On Chappelle Show. Chappelle. Yeah. And has legendary stand-ups and hot takes. Um, Paul it? Mooney. Yeah. Um, as far as, like, new people, uh, like, not dead people, I consider influences in my life. Like, Paul Mooney is a... Um, if you ever want to get me, go listen to Paul Mooney. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's one bad brother. Um, uh, but no, like Paul. Um, nah, but like you know, like Paul, like Paul Mooney talks about it. Just he's like the children, the children. He's like they're not gonna take this shit anymore. He's like these some crazy ass motherfuckers. He's like, <laughs> you know, if we go to the White House every four years and chop off some heads, he's like, I guarantee you motherfuckers are going to start acting right. Oh my God. Because, like how other countries do. That's how they, like, do oh, see, that's they do it. That's what they do. Every four years. Yeah, man. Like, because it's like, yeah, if you don't treat the people right, like, and dude, like me, honestly, as a leader, as, as someone who I consider myself, like, I don't know. I, I I consider myself a man of the people. I I, I like nice things and have expensive taste. Of course, I, right? I would sophisticated like, young black I, men. Of course. Well, I also am not selfish enough to like where I would not try and get somebody else to come up. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's it's more fun when it, like when everyone with the crew's here with the boys here. Yo, it's better. Yeah. It's better. Um. Yeah, I got you. No, but yeah, dude. So it's just like we'll we'll see what's gonna happen, but I don't. Just from my standpoint, I, you know, and it depends on, on your politics because you do have to have people that are pragmatic that can come on both sides of the aisle um, to make change. But, like, honestly, if we just look in the history of things, like, the Declaration of Independence wasn't bipartisan. Like, the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendment, like, none of this stuff was bipartisan. Like, this stuff was white supremacy. And we're talking about dismantling it. So it's just like, I think like we, everything that needs to be done, you know, as I don't, you know, label wise, it's mm-hmm. got to be progressive mm-hmm. because there's yeah. no equity, there's no growth and there's no laws on the books and the laws are, you either have to make the, like, you know, the whole American government legal system has been used to, uh, to suppress black people. So like what would the government look like? Either overtly or, or covertly. It's, it's had some like means of maintaining an underclass and black people have been that underclass since the inception of America. So by default, you know, we kind of get lumped in that bullshit. It's kind of how it happens. So um, imagine if the laws were applied the opposite. 
So like, that's what I'm trying to get to. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it working with these current members. And like, there's a few great members, but there's 535 of these motherfuckers. And, you know, how, how the will of the people can keep them accountable. And like me as a Democrat, like Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking of ways to, to make people, uh, be attracted to the party because mm-hmm. no one's born a Democrat or Republican. No one stays a Democrat or Republican. You yeah. can, it can, it's a party. You can go, you can go to a party and leave a party whenever you want. Within a day. Yeah. It's really your choice, honestly. So, cause you don't even like you register to vote as a party member, but you can still vote for the other party. So, like, well, it depends. Not in, not in Alabama. <laughs> oh, so are you serious? You have to vote along party lines. If you like, if you if if you vote in a like a primary, yes. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh so, my god, I did not know that. That's yeah, crazy. That's weird. So, um, yeah, dude, voter, yeah, voter suppression. There's there's so many things mm. to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but but no, yeah, dude, like Congress, Congress to me is is the issue. Mm. Um and. But we also see that you can't put too much faith in government because you can have people like Trump that turn uh, it on its end. Yeah. But like, but I think too, if there were things in place from the get go, like let's say if MLK hadn't got assassinated, um, neither JFK or Bobby, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and they passed universal income, like I think people, since we know universal income is just something that's part of America. Like you're not expecting, Mm, yeah, you're not expect you're, you don't have to, you're, you know, you don't need to, you don't, you're not going to collapse if the economy collapses for two months. Mm -hmm. Like imagine if people had universal income, imagine if our, our grandparents had universal income during the the depression or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like, Oh, like to the market, like okay, so you want us to stop working for two months? It's like okay, well, like this is what we've been saving up for. Like oh, like this is what this money is for. It's like okay, like I just all of the I social think- services were like they they were things that we had to fight for, like social security, like Medicare, and all that shit. Like we had to fight for most of that. You know, it, it's like for yeah, what you've been saying. Yeah, it's nuts, right? Because we take it for granted. Because when you, when you're young, you hear those words, and you're like, "Oh, that's just what my old like like what old people want." But like they were around when that wasn't a thing. So now we're like this new generation where we don't really have any social services for broke, in debt young people. There's nothing for us. Like coming out of school, you say you have like five to six figures worth of debt. Like just about everyone for the most part. Um, and like you come out and you have to find work. Your work only pays you like 40 K tops when you come out of school. Bro, I was at, I was making, I was at like, fuck man. I don't even know it. I think the first full-time job I made, which was like four years after college was like 55, like salary. But before that it was like hourly. So like, I didn't even make a consistent, it was just like, you just work whatever you can get, you get. So you figure you're you're out of school you are five to six figures in debt and you know you don't get free health insurance you're not like say if you're fully employed you still have to like pay out of, like out of your salary to like or out of your, your paycheck to pay for your insurance like everyone does and then on top of that if anything happens and you happen to lose your job there's only like unemployment benefits 
that's all you get. And even then, like I've been unemployed. I never thought to go to unemployment because it just wasn't like I never thought to do it. I just like asked my mom, yeah, like my mom. I've been unemployed. Yeah. I got that check immediately. Four thirty-two every Wednesday. Damn, that's pretty sick. That's pretty. Hey, man. Shit. If I look, if I knew, I would have done it. I just asked my mom, like, mom, I'm out of work. Can you help me out? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I got you. Like, all right, cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. And then I paid her back every dollar, every dollar I borrowed from her. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 when I did my unpaid internship with the Black Caucus, mm-hmm. I got unemployment because I was like, I got to pay this rent. Yeah, you got to do it, man. Yeah. Shit. Shit's rough, man. But like to that point, like that's it. Unemployment benefits and those aren't like those aren't infinite. Like my buddy Bobby I had on my second show, he's like been on unemployment and I guess like it runs out at some point. Like it just ends. Like it's no yeah. longer a thing. It just stops. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not universal income. So. No. Because they, they're like, because you have to apply and say, I've been looking for a job. Yeah. If you haven't looked for a job and then it's just like, it's like, well, like, where else am I supposed to apply? And then, mm-hmm. you know, the the city has this, and this is like why this whole defund the police thing, like people are like, oh, like, what do you mean? It's like, well, it's pretty obvious. It's like, well, if money is running out from unemployment, mm-hmm. that 56% of the city budget is the police force. Well, in the, Is that in D.C.? Is that true? That was L.A.'s, I think. Yeah, it was some crazy, uh-huh. like, in, like, the... the like, like the higher ups were getting like millions. We're getting millions of dollars. Like, yeah, stonky yeah. money. Yeah, dude. So it's just like, you know, you like, you just, it's just, it's, it's easy to, that's why I say, like, it's going to take some type of, some type of movement because the thing, the things, the way they're set up now, it's just rigged. It's like, well, yeah. it's like, it's like, well, of course, you know, of course, unemployment's fucked up when people have been trying to undermine it for, you know, years. Because, like, I had so many of my friends, people that would have never been on unemployment, are like, dude, like, unemployment's like, it's like kind of hard. I'm like, yeah, imagine, like, if you, like, didn't even have the resources you had and had to navigate it. Because, like, I remember when I did it in DC, I was like, yeah, this shit is fucking hard and like you need a printer you got a scanner you mm-hmm. gotta have a bank account mm-hmm. you gotta have all these things you don't think about yep and it's just like yeah like this system is just like that's why like, i try not to get too overwhelmed because i'm like yeah this shit is like literally it's like, fucked up yeah that issue and it's like because like, well, like, i'm the type I'm like, yeah, like, let's just start the shit. Let's just start over. <laughs> let's bring in the new world. And like, yeah. It's like, like, is it going to get worse than slavery? I doubt it. <laughs> I, yeah, who knows? Honestly, well, black folks have been through. We don't kind of have a, a, a rule book for how to get through, like, oppression. That's one thing we do know. Um, but no, like, that that's a, that's a really good point. And, like, like the idea that, um, that the systems in place – like the the baseline for what's expected of you to survive in America requires you to be more competent than the baseline of what people actually are. <laughs> people are a lot dumber than they're than they need to be to be able to um, kind of survive in a lot of what's going on. Like, have you ever tried to fill out a government form before? 
Like, dude, it's, it's hard. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. I like, have to do it all the time, dude. It's nuts. And and like, think about how like, I this is this is kind of fucked up. I shouldn't even say it. So, like, you know how with Trump, he was like claiming voter fraud and all of that. And I had to think about why. You know how the 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 rule is like mail in votes are more Democrat than Republican, right? Like it's just like a yeah. natural. And like, I shouldn't say this, and it's fucked up me saying it, but. I had to think about it and I'm like, well, the majority of the country that votes largely red is mostly the middle of the country where education isn't quite as up to snuff as it is on the coast, right? You don't have as much public school and like the, you have public school, but it's not as like, it may not be as of quality as it is on the coast or like in big cities. And so could you expect someone that's from like a rural part of the country to fill out a, a, like a voter, like a mail-in voting form? Like, I remember what I was like when I was 14 years old. Say, like, I dropped out of school at 14, 15. If I had that much education and I was 26 and I was trying to figure out how to vote, would I really be able to figure out how to mail in my vote based on how those forms are? Probably not. Dude, but that's why they do it, though. They yeah. try and disenfranchise people from voting. Like, it's it's made that way on purpose, and it's at, and it's not a race thing. Like It's, just it's a not class. a race thing. It's a class thing. Yeah. It, it, it ends up being a race thing, but it but it's naturally a class thing, and it's just like, yeah, why is it that hard? Mm-hmm. To be simple, it's pretty damn easy to buy a gun. It's really easy. It's almost it, too easy to buy a gun. It should be easier to buy. Or it should be easier to vote than it should be to buy a gun. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact opposite. Yep. No, you're, that's that's totally true. That's totally true. Yeah, there there are just some things about the way this country operates where you just kind of like question like is this really the way it should be you know probably not we could be a little bit better to like the common person you know it shouldn't be like a there should never be a conflict between edu- like the educated liberals and like the middle of the country republicans that should never be what our country is divided on it shouldn't be that but it is like in a very different people yeah no it's um yeah, dude, we, we represent, um, or not we, like, this country, it, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of people, it's a lot of different views, um, I'll never forget some of the advice I got, which helps me, it's like, you know, someone really believes their way is the best way to make the world a better place, like, mm-hmm. try not to take it personally, and it's like, as hard as that seems for some people, you know, when you think of like positions people might not stand on, like you literally have to like, in order to like come away with something that's going to move things forward, it's like, all right, like some people just see things differently or they're just different experiences. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to figure out a way to like let them know that like, no, like this is a better way. Like we should try it this way. And like, you kind of been, layered into this brainwash slush lasagna thing called America and like you just like <laughs> like there's you know like slush we got a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. got a lot of fucked up shit yeah and it's like this is like this it's not crazy we're just thinking about it in a different way because other people besides straight white men are asking questions and thinking mm-hmm. and that's why it seems odd um but yeah man it's been it's been one hell of one hell of a, hell of a podcast. Oh, heck yeah, man! We we got I on some. I expected to go an hour 
in 30 minutes. Hour and a half, dude. We like we, we broke a threshold. We were like at 40, and I'm like, we might wrap up soon, but we kept going, man. I'm uh, yeah, just this is a good one, man. We got on some good stuff. Glad to have you on, man, for sure. We uh, let's see, like you know how this thing goes. Maybe I have you on again, man. Oh man, I would I would appreciate it. Maybe next time, um, it won't be COVID, so we can like actually the room. You can uh, you can uh, fix me a, a maker's. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll have a fireplace. We'll, like, we'll we'll talk. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Well, I appreciate being on the show. Um, thanks for everyone. Um, he's listening in. Continue to listen in. Um, Lavar's a good guy. He's um, how do I say? Confidently humble. There's not a lot of people that are, you know, uh, as and have a more humble hum- humility uh, presence about them, but it's yet, but it's still confident and swag. I don't know how how to describe it. Oh, I appreciate that. So he's a he's a he's an interesting cat. So I'm glad he's got this podcast. So I gotta I gotta listen. I, I've, I've listened to the one that Brooke was in. <laughs> Shout out to Brooke. <laughs> Shout out to Brooke. Um, <laughs> but I gotta go. I gotta go listen to the other one. So um, I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast segment and. Uh, looking forward to being back on, man. Until next time. Appreciate of you, course. dude. Thanks for being on, man. Hey, keep rocking the free world. Absolutely. Later.